We've got you here with us on episode 190. Parents, soon-to-be parents, and women with partners that might need to learn the art of being a man. What do I mean by that? Today's youth, and particularly teenage boys, are more disconnected and devoid of social skills and confidence than they ever have been before. Despite all of this amazing technology and scientific data and luxury that we have and are able to provide the kids of today with, depression, loneliness, and anxiety are at all-time highs, and suicide numbers are the highest that they've ever been. If you have a young boy or a teenage son or family member, then you've landed in the right spot because this conversation is about how to support and nurture teenagers to grow from boys to men. And we all know grown-ass men that are definitely still boys. So if you want to hear about methods and strategies to have your young fella grow up into a man that you're proud of and for you to know that he's going to be okay because he has the skills to navigate his body, his feelings and his life, then buckle up and let's get into the episode. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? In 2022, it's my mission to coach 300 mums to get control of their emotional eating so they can lose weight and actually keep it off without counting calories or eating rabbit food. One of the reasons I do that is because I'm a firm believer that children learn to be themselves by imitating and referring to their parents, and particularly their mums in the case of food, eating, and self-care. And so I work with women and mothers so that the next generation of little humans have a template to be able to live a healthy and abundant life whilst being obesity and disease-free. And speaking of the next batch of humans, supporting the up-and-coming generation to be better versions of themselves is exactly what today's guest does. I want to introduce you to a mate of mine, Mr. Callum Robinson. Cal is what you would call a young gun, a go-getter in life. He's an entrepreneur, fitness and mental health advocate, and overall, a young guy that cares deeply about people and today's youth. Cal's company runs one of the largest male youth development programs in Australia and New Zealand called Young Guns Coaching. His passion for movement and mental health has allowed himself and his team to impact hundreds of teenage boys and their families and in navigating the rough waters of life through teaching fundamental skill sets of managing the mind and the body, which is if you've ever been a teenage boy or a mum to one, then you likely know the struggle. And well, for most men, our emotional capacity doesn't really do much growing beyond our teenage (laughs) years, which is why we're lucky to have fellas like Cal. Mate, welcome to the show. How you doing? Dude, Stokes B, I'm absolutely pumped. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really appreciative to actually be here and get to jam on some really cool stuff with you. Yeah, likewise, dude. And I think this is this is probably the first time we've had a topic on the podcast like this, which is, yeah, the, the mental health of, of kids. And I'm, I'm really curious to get into it because, like, the immaturity and of men and emotions and the mind and the body has been a thing for arguably centuries. Um, and, you know, most men know this listening or most women that have dated men know that you know they sort of manage themselves like kids so what's going on in the world that leads to this being a problem dude um it's it's a really i love i love this question so much because i just a quick side note a lot of the times when we have young guys join our programs when their parents enroll and they say the exact thing you said before it's like you know i need something like this for my husband and it's like yeah. dude like this guy's in his 40s his 50s or whatever it may be and like what's what's going on is i think a lot of it when it comes to like purpose in life or being able to control skill sets which you know mental health and manage your body in mind it's a skill set it's something you attain it's not something you naturally grow up with i think a lot of you know personal ownership comes from discipline 
And I think that's honestly the key, the key word for why so many people struggle to do this is because they do not have the discipline because it takes physical work to learn the skill sets to control your mental health, control your emotions, whatnot as well. So I think growing up as well, like having the boundaries of what your parents said, you know, there's a usually real, a real distinct scene or, um, projection from what comes from, you know, how, how a young fellow was raised and what those discipline and what those boundaries were set to actually develop the skill sets, which I think for a lot of parents, it's something really difficult to understand how to navigate what that actually looks like. Well, that, that reminds me of my own mother when I was younger being like, this doesn't come with a manual, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being a parent. So, it's like you can only teach what you know and if you, you're, you yourself were never taught the boundaries or the management or, you know, what these feelings mean and how to, how to do stuff with them, then, of course, you can't pass that on, right? Mm, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, just one thing that's we've always been, like, super passionate, I've been super passionate about with this is skill sets they're actually monumental. Like the the effect of whether you do or don't learn them is huge. Like for example, you know, we're talking about mental health today, and it's like the fact that seventy part of seventy five percent of mental health forms in men or in teens altogether before the age of twenty five. So it's like okay, so if the majority are falling there, or you know, mental health is the byproduct of probably a lack of skill sets in areas of confidence, self-worth, insecurity. So that's what we really hone into. It's like if we can develop the skill sets now, we're actually stopping the, the, the problems or we're stopping the byproducts of the bad mental health as well. So it's like it's trying to find that that little that little niche in there, so to speak, of how do we help that before things get worse. Do you mostly work with mums or dads in, in conjunction with this process? Because as you're talking there, it's like, you know, we're both men. We know that most men struggle with this stuff. And as you said, they, they would love it for something for their husbands. So I can imagine the person delivering this support or going through this with their kids would have to be the mum who's a bit more emotionally mature. Oh, 100%. And like that's who we only, that's, that's who we only market to as well because the, fa- the fact of the matter is like why would we market to or why, why would we um, ask men who m- most likely don't have their own skill sets honed in to be able to actually understand why their dude needs it. So, yes, we 100%. We, we talk to mums the majority of the time. That being said, we do have very few dads internally that are actively involved in the program and you'll find that those men are phenomenal, like in every aspect in life that they're heavily involved because they understand what developing those skill sets in their team boy will actually do for them in the future as well. But 100%, we talk to majority mums. Yeah, that makes Makes a lot of sense. I can just imagine the fellas being like, no, nah, you don't need any of that shit. Just toughen up. Dude, and that's exactly how it is. And the reason being is, and I've, I've chatted to plenty of mums and our teams chatted to plenty of mums about this as well because usually the number one fear factor for them to you know, get a lad involved in our program is, oh, you know, I'm not sure what Derek's going to think, you know, the husband or whatever the, whatever the name is. I'm not sure what he's going to think because, you know, he's a bit old school, whatever it is. And it's like, He's not old school. He's just insecure. Like the, the dads just feel yeah. like we're taking their job, you know, and like that's not our place at all. Like we're the mentor, we're the coach, we're the big bro to allow to teach him the skill sets that you haven't even developed so you won't teach him. That's, that's, and that's the reality. Mm. Yeah. Well, how do, you, how do you, I'm so curious how you handle that because the male ego is big, right? So I'm, I'm so curious how you yeah. Yeah, share that and be like, nah, you know, we don't take your job. We're not trying to step in as dad 2.0. <laughs> If we've got a, if we've got, um, there's two ways, and and the sad fact of this as well. Sometimes we we can't help, and I'll explain why. But first way is usually we usually once a mum sees our program, they see what's internally, and they see what we project for them. They will handle that objection for us. They will just tell the husband, no, nah, sorry, dude, 
I know this is the best thing for him. This is what he's going to do, and they're going to do it. So sometimes we're going to become like that. Other times, um, other times, um, a dad will I'll actually, or our team will request to speak to him. We'll reason with him. He'll understand. We'll get involved. And then um, the sad thing is, Maddie. Sometimes we have dads that just outright will refuse to have a conversation because they're too strong-headed to, you know, give an opportunity. And that's just the reality of of some men. So it's like, man, this poor dude and. You need super help as well, bro. So um, the, the, that's reality. But we, you know, we usually combat a lot with the dads we do have in the program too. You know, they shoot us some amazing testimonials about in that directly looking at that sort of problem as well. So um, dads can reason on as well. Oh, you know, there's other blokes in the program. I don't feel as bad, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And and I can imagine, yeah, if people are looking into it, the, the word of a father as from a testimonial is probably even more powerful because it's like, you know, those boys are going to grow up to be men, right? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Super powerful because if they grow up to be men and a dad who is a grown, a grown man can actually understand how beneficial the program is and like what we're actually doing for the young fellas, well, hundred percent is way more powerful because like all they are, they're just a mirror, a projection of what their son currently is. So it's when to build more qualities to most likely be like him. You know, so it makes our makes our life a lot easier if there's a dad that's proactively involved in the boys' life as well. Yeah, no, it makes heaps of sense. I'm curious to know what what I guess along the process, how you define being a man. And I say that as somebody you know who has suffered the same affliction as most men, which is being terrible with my emotions, being terrible with words, and spending years in different types of therapy and personal development to get my shit together. And I really don't think I became a man until I was maybe 30, um, probably. Like, you know, I, I was very much a, a broken child all through my 20s. So I'm curious, like, what what do you build in these young teenage boys to 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 grow them into men? Because mm. I think there's I know a lot of people that I would not classify as men. Yeah, <laughs> me, you, you and me both, brother. Um, I would define it as one thing, and that is extreme ownership. And to have extreme ownership, you need discipline. And for discipline, you need um, confidence. Why? Because confidence is the ability to try. So when we build that with those one main skill sets of confidence, the ability to try, it means we instill something in a teen guy where he never stops wanting to progress, you know, and that's that's huge in every aspect of life. So my definition of man, you know, having extreme ownership, ownership of his life completely, entirely, his emotions, um, his relationships, his job, his business, whatever it may be, extreme ownership, that everything is your your fault and it is your responsibility. Not Blame and responsibility is a very different thing. You know, you, blame, you can blame people all you want, but it's your responsibility on whatever outcomes happen to you that you go and problem solve. I think men as well, Matty, men need to fix stuff. We have to. It's wired in us. Like we need to fix stuff. We need to solve problems and whatnot. So it's like with I think now our generation um, and I say our generation. I know you're you're a little bit older than me. So um, <laughs> my generation, you know, we, we got a, so many men growing, so many men growing up, and that I don't call men because they're losing that that ability to try and the ability to continue, continue problem solve. So I think reinstilling that is super super big because if you've got a man that wants to continue to try take ownership guess what he always works to repair always works to repair his relationships his friendships whatever he's whatever mistakes he's made i think that's super crucial that's a man to me yeah i'm i'm totally on board do you think um in the modern era 
uh, like it's harder to be a man. And I say that in the back of my mind and knowing that on the shelf behind me here, like there's a book um, called Trans, right? Um, and so I think about things like toxic man- masculinity, um, identity crises with sexuality. And so defining and rocking up in the world as quote unquote a man, which is strong, powerful, fixed stuff, you know, really practical. Do you think it's getting harder for kids to, to, to show up in the world as, you know, as the man that we're describing right now? Dude, absolutely. And I would dread, dread being a teenager right now, man. Like, oh, me too, just dude. dread. Like, you know, like I, I think I, I come through just at the tail end of, like, the start of the wind of everything. Like, I, I finished high school and stuff. I was pretty lucky, you know. So it's like mm-hmm. seeing now in social media bombed so much normalization of, you know, because, like, we're not huge, dude, even on. Uh, express your emotion, talk about everything. Like we're not big about that, man. You know, like like we we are in you know talking and understanding, but having a process and you picking something you're comfortable to be able to express. There's a massive difference between that and just like telling everyone how you're feeling, your self awareness, etc. So I think 100. Mm-hmm. percent And it's statistic like statistically too, Maddie. Like I don't know the exact um the exact numbers for this, but a bunch of resources out there like testosterone decline in the last. 10 years is phenomenal, you know, like in, 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 in male youth. So it's like that main hormone, which is so important for, you know, being being masculine man, like having the drive, it's muscle building. It helps with growth hormone as well. Like as we get more muscle and we build into men, like our foods we eat, lack of sunlight and D3. Like, man, there is so much stuff that we're up against, locked in our rooms, playing games, whatever, which is just actually turning our natural human adaptation or evolution of what you t- t- want to talk about, um, however you want to define it, which is holding that and resisting it. And I, th- I think that's number one. Like physically it's harder to become a man. Like more parents we talk to, more youth we've seen that look like pre-pubescent at 15 and 16. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, wow. so like that's one aspect, and then the second, you know, you know, couldn't we talk for donkeys on social media? How it is toxic masculinity, not being able to express yourself, and that all of that sort of stuff is just a whole other whirlwind of craziness. You know, like <laughs> I mean, it's nuts. Yeah, it's, it totally is, and I think yeah, like social media has really turned. For, for every kid, boy or girl, uh, and, and adult really, but like instead of just having your social circle or the people in your workplace that, you know, you might share an idea with and maybe have some disagreement, but you still, you know, you're still connected to them, you still like them, but you've just disagreed on this topic. It's like, oh, what is there? Maybe five, ten, maybe a kid in a classroom, say 30, 35 people they're comparing themselves to, and then the internet comes along and social media and they have an idea or an expression or a thought or an emotion, and now they're comparing it to hundreds of thousands of people. This has somehow gone viral because... The comments, uh, the algorithms picked up that the comments are just going off tap and that's happening because people are just savagely hating on this individual and now these kids are comparing to themselves to, you know, what, two billion Instagram profiles? Mm, yeah, man, absolutely, and which limits so much. Like every human is different. Every single one of us is so amazingly genetically different and it's like trends are just stupid and the fact that young people are just so exposed to trends now is crazy because like they just start like you know you talk a lot about youth and mirroring what their parents do in order to you know build a healthier generation it's like in the same way they're just mirroring what they're seeing as trends and what they see other young people do so yeah. we're literally creating these clones like i just feel like in star wars episode two man 
You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that. Last night I watched on Netflix um, The Great Hack. I don't know if you've seen that documentary, but it's basically a documentary about um, data companies that helped rig the Trump election, Brexit, um, uh, that caused the genocide in Myanmar, um, and basically these data companies that have got thousands of data points on all of us that um, we're in a situation where we're in an a whole world of individuals because every single person's algorithm is specifically cultivated to perpetuate that individual's belief systems based on what they put into it. And I think when I was growing up, it was you sort of your parents were your, or your, your parental figures were your number one most influential people until you were about 12 or 13 and then it kind of moved across to your social group in high school. Uh, whereas now people have access to this abundant world from the age of like five or the second they get a phone basically and I think uh, you maybe you can speak to this I think it kind of makes sense to me that instead of lasting to 12 or 13 and getting these really ingrained habits or belief systems or, or behaviors before that age it's happening far younger because we're, we're moving from parents to phone internet social media and introducing this you know all of this social influence before we're even at high school yeah dude I, I absolutely 100% agree. You know, we don't work with any lads under the age of 13, but for the guys that are so like 13 at entry level, like what we find is so much is who they start learning from a lot and where they're gravitating towards is, you know, naturally, like one of my hooks all the time is talking about, you know, are you struggling to kick your son off the Xbox, the PlayStation, whatever it may be? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's always a huge byproduct of a guy if he's struggling with confidence or wanting to socialize or not. So parents are like, man, why can't I get him off that, whatnot? It's because I feel like a lot of the time they're just navigating or they're transcending. Trans- it's almost their version of transcending subordination. Like they're transcending parents' yeah. beliefs because, hey, my homie that I've got an Xbox from 3,000 miles away, like we, we're we really good mates and like we connect and we're getting, we're getting that effect of friendship and relationship. So I think there's positive effects for that, majority and negative, you know, but there are positive effects like gaming stuff. It's, it's not horrible. It's not the worst. It's just about balance. But, dude, these lads now they do they transcend their parents very very quickly um, for whatever whatever means and I'm, I think a lot of those means always come through social media or you know them gaming connecting which is huge in you know in our market that we work with as well. So one thing we really help parents understand is that this still happened 30, 40 years ago, but like to different friends, like pe- teenage dudes not listening to parents all the time is a very normal thing. It just is. Yeah. So if, you, if, you're, if you're a parent out there and you think, oh, my, you know, my son's crazy, like, no, not, this, he's not. Like, that's a very normal thing. The only difference between 30 years ago to now is there's, there is more toxic, I'm going to use that word loosely, toxic avenues on where he transcends to to start learning from, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it's like a parent needs to deeply understand that their internal influence, I call I call it the love union, this is how I describe it. It's like if, you, if, if you're in a family, there's naturally less positive pressure or friction when your mum or dad's telling you. It's as simple as that. So who can we bring into their life that's an external influence that can really help him to go, look, hey, maybe this isn't the best course of action where I learn and I sit in my life for the next 15 years, you know. Let's not be in mum's basement when I'm 40 still yelling at the TV screen. So, yeah, dude, 100% agree with, with that as well, where they're learning from. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, 
then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Yeah, and and I would add to that too, just, you know, the nutritionist in me is thinking about much of the stuff I talk about on this show, which is like, we're also uh, in a situation where I think possibly we are... Kids are a little more reactive because of the chemicals in food and there's been a lot of research around additives and behavioral conditions and diagnoses of autism. Autism has been actually that book, the blue book, Deep Nutrition Behind Me, talks a lot about the connection between autism and vegetable oils and sugar consumption. Um, and, and I think that that all adds to the deterioration of the brain and therefore your capacity to regulate um, and, and, and enforce discipline or manage your own discipline and reaction to, to different things. But something that was also coming up as you were speaking just then was the idea that we've got all of these different avenues to connect with people and develop friendships online. Do you think that there is a negative or some kind of negative production in in an individual's life for developing these relationships as children online, not in the real world, like not with a bro that they can hug, shake hands with, physically learn to vibe and read in real life. You know what I mean? Like, do, is, is this world where kids are connecting online, does that make them socially awkward adults? Dude, gone are the days where, you know, you had to get your mum drop you off your mate's place and play Mario Kart because the internet wasn't that. Yeah. You didn't have multiplayer games, you know. So, like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> um, 100%. And it saddens me deeply. You know, like, like we're creating a world of ease now. Nothing's hard anymore. It just isn't. Mm-hmm. With you know, accessibility, we get food to our door, we can stay at home and talk to our friends. We don't have to do anything. So I think absolutely do because, you know, you, you, you're on a computer screen or you're playing Xbox or whatever, you lose all your communication skills. One of the biggest ones, and every single young gun we have worked with, every single young fellow we've worked with has, I would say, had this issue, and that's being able to express, you know, body language type of communication, which makes up 86% of how you actually communicate, 86%. Fact, crazy, eh? So it's like, um, you know, when you're sitting there and you've got in this sitting down position, you know, with massive anterior rotation 24-7 because you're there and you're, Pew, 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 whatever it may be, you know, like yeah. having that having the ability when you're outside world, we see it with the boys. Their shoulders are slumped. How's your day? Good. What you going to do? Nothing. You know, like like that's that's the tonality language and the shift there as well. So if you take that skill and then you, you know, you wire the brain for that skill over two, three, four, five years, by the time the dude, even if he does get the confidence to, you know, get a job and not be on welfare, like you imagine him walking into your local hardware, your grocery shop, trying to get his first time part job. You know, they're going to they're gonna look at the young fella and go, no way. You know, like, why would I pick you when there's a guy that's got his shoulders pulled? He can speak to me properly. He can look at me in the eyes. He can gesture, you know, things like that. 
Massive effect, dude. Massive effect. On that note, though, just something you might find really interesting is the reason why Young Guns is an online coaching program, right, is because we're the stepping stone. Like, imagine if they, like, some parents are like, oh, I want a face-to-face program. I'm like, dude, your boy's been in his bedroom for the last four years playing on his internet games. <laughs> yeah. You think he's going to go to a face-to-face program? No way. Like, we've bridged that as a stepping stone because it's huge for them because it's like that in the, um, I don't know the correct word for it, in the, the normal mechanical body language, mechanical things they do, like, they're already on the internet, they're already on their computer. Like, it's a stepping stone for them to feel comfortable in an environment for them to get coached and mentored, you know? So then, yeah, it's as something we, familiar. Yes, that's that's the word. It, it, that was a very easy word, wasn't it? Silly me. Um, <laughs> something familiar that they can get started with, where we teach them skills, then get them out to there, start getting employed, get them jobs, etc. Teach them about money and all that sort of stuff at the back end of our program. So we're the big stepping stone in getting something that's familiar to them as well. So I thought that might be interesting to share. Yeah, no, well, and that makes total sense because. It's fun. I get kind of similar questions for me. It's like, Maddie, you rant and rave about diet culture, but then you've got a 10-week program. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's why we've got the Consistency Club, which is an ongoing you know, support system. So it's like, yeah, you've got to meet people where they're at, right? Yeah, yeah. And meeting people where they're at are just on, on the, like, yeah, the timely note as well. Like our program runs initially 16 weeks, but it is an eight-month program. You know, We've had young guys yep. here that have been here for two years. And it's like people cannot commit to long-term because majority of people in both your market and my market can't prove to themselves they can commit to themselves for more than a week. So it's like, you know, like our first stepping stone is you proving to yourself that you can actually show up and, and keep accountable to me and actually showing these action steps. Then the world's your oyster. Let's start there. So I think it's extremely reasonable we have to put a time on it because people now, because we're so short-sighted, you know, we want instant gratification. We want to win the game now. We want to get that now. We want to yep. get this now. It's like at least having a from an A to B gives someone a, a first direction or a first point to be able to achieve. So I think it's super important that we you know, have a program on a certain length. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I was thinking there too as you, as you were chatting that um, with these young fellas, like getting them out into the into the workplace, into the you know into the real world. What what is your goal? Like, what are the exercises you have people do to get them into the real world? Like, how do you move them from being stuck in front of that computer or the Xbox into social integration? Mm. Our number one recipe, dude, our main pillar of our program is movement, right? So it's like I was a PT for many, many years and and how young guns come up, massive story behind that. But long story short, I'm like, wow, look how much movement just helps with endorphin release, growth hormone, testosterone, and how much of a man a young guy can become very quickly if he hasn't had that in his life. So it's like for us, what we've noticed every single time when it comes to getting someone to that point is we can you can teach someone all the course and knowledge stuff you want, you know, Mm-hmm. Give them all the confidence modules, insecurity, self-worth, all the jobs, resume, templates, whatever you want, but they still won't action anything because they've never yeah. they've never started actioning anything from the start. So our very first goal when we get a when we get a um, young gun in our program is that we get them to fall in love with movement. We have mentorship, external influence, get them to start doing something, get them to start doing some sort of movement because then the life lessons we pull from movement around self-discipline, which I'm huge about, work ethic, progression, win reflection. Moving more and having an endorphin release, having another kick, having another kick of good feeling good rather than dopamine from playing computer games all day, it literally creates space in people's head. 
it gives you space. So like so many parents can't get through to the 10 guys or get them out to in the workforce or whatever because he doesn't actually have any physical space. So you're, you're, you're beating a dead horse. You're smacking his head up against the brick wall because he's got no physical mental space to be able to think about that. So our first thing is movement because we get them to create space. From there, we can teach the habits, the rituals and skill sets. So then across our first 16 weeks, we'll go through everything from self-awareness, action, progression, life goals, and that'll cover every, every personal skill set you need in communication, confidence, mental health management, etc. Post phase, post phase four, so that's our bottom four months of the program. That's where we go through jobs, leaderships, money management, tax, relationships. So in that phase, dude, we've got someone who's confident. We've got someone who's moving all the time. We've got someone that's practicing his skill set. He's part of a community, like he's feeling good about it. Um, and then there, dude, we actually go and hand the boys. We, we do them done for them, cover letters and templates and resume templates, et cetera. We actually have modules and we right. teach them how to get employed, which is crazy. Like I'm no employment agency. We, we don't, we, we, we never be able to do that. But guys have literally gotten employed through our program from the end of those phases because all of it comes just down to their personal skill set. So that's how, Maddie. that's how we do it. I hear a second business coming along. Yeah, dude. It's like I think a lot of people mentioned before, a lot of parents mentioned before, because when confidence is now instilled and they've got that as a core skill set, a lot of guys have no idea about the purpose or what they want to do in their life or they've got no, no even clue. So it's very amazing, Sam. And it's one of the, you know, for me, I don't get to personally coach anymore, but it's amazing to watch or hear the feedback from our coaches of like hearing dudes' ideas once they start getting deep into the program, weeks 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, whatever, about mm-hmm. a job they want or like mini entrepreneurs thinking about wanting to get in business. Like it's really, really cool. And so one of the most beautiful things I, I get to witness in my program. Oh, man, it sounds awesome. I, I love it. I think, yeah, I wish I had that as a kid. Uh, I think that would have been great. Even just the money part. I mean, you know, school doesn't teach us how to manage ourselves or manage our money and then we – you know, get to 50 and we're like, this wasn't the plan. Yeah. <laughs> My life wasn't meant to end up here. And dude, the coolest thing about that is like though all those modules are actually held by um, a friend of mine as well, um, Jax Milan. He's the wealth mentor. So, you know, ah, right. seven-feet business, property portfolio, et cetera. So he actually come in to help us with those and he did everything from money management, tax, cash, really debt, investments. Like not only the boys getting taught about it, they're getting taught by one of the best in Australia. So I'm like, that's pretty, that's pretty cool that we get to do that for them. Oh, it's, it's good to be led by somebody that's actually done it, eh? Hey? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, you were saying in there something that that I wanted to connect to something you said earlier. You were talking about mental health management, but earlier on you also were talking about we're not a, big on like sharing feelings and just expressing yourself all the time. Mm. Can you like close that loop for me? Yeah, bro. I'll close that loop. It sounds oxymoron, <laughs> eh? Hey? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's like this. Um, I've got some very strong thoughts about this. could be somewhat controversial, um, but mm-hmm. it is what it is, and I'm happy to put myself out there because guess what? We deliver the best results, and it's, the proof is in the pudding. Man, one of the episodes of this podcast has been used in a US court hearing. We like to fucking break the rules. Okay. Dumb. <laughs> be <laughs> controversial. Let's <laughs> be controversial. Um, self-awareness is one of the most stupid things currently with mental health. I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Is It's stupid now because it's 2022, right? 
And mm-hmm. guess what's still happening? Suicides are at all time high. Mental health issues are at the all time high. Yet we're in the generation of the most self aware humans on the on the planet right now. Isn't that crazy? So what does that tell you about self awareness? It doesn't do shit. And it doesn't do shit because you can be aware all you want and there's no action steps that are put in place. And so our thing is this, man. It's like 30 years ago, I'll get to the point as well. I've just got a bit of a story for you so you can connect the dots. go for it. 30 years ago, you know, 40, 50 years ago, suicide and stuff was, you know, a lot less of it. Um, Men struggled. Men struggled with their mental health. But guess what they didn't do? They didn't complain about it. They didn't talk about it because, you know, it was so shut down. Is that a sad thing? Yes, it is a sad thing to an extent. But things were actually somewhat better when it comes to suicide and mental health issues because people wouldn't wallow in it. So it's like if you if you if you give a man awareness, but then you do not give him the skill sets on how he achieves prosperity from that problem and achieves out of it, you're literally holding a gun to his head. Yeah, absolutely. You, you're going to kill him, and I think that's horrible. Like, well, of course it's horrible. Like, yeah, how sad is that? So, our viewpoint is this: is, is self awareness is important, but it's not the most crucial thing to getting out of your hole. Like, it's about what are the action steps now that actually help me mentally to be able to achieve prosperity from that and the thing is i think we're in a world now Matty, where so many people are so scared to you know put their foot in the door and say what they need to say and i was just one young fellow who just didn't give a shit what anyone thought i'm going to make my own curriculum because i knew the exact things that pulled me from depression from alcoholism and wanting to die you know and i'm going to i'm going to create the steps for what that looks like and guess what we we produce disgustingly good results you know and so our thing with that dude is how we talk about emotions and how we do it. We do it in a different way. For example, a lot of teens, a lot of teens that are in our program, parents have tried going to psychologists, going to counselors before with no success. Why? Because what teen dude wants to sit in a cold room across the table and get directly confronted about how you're feeling, Maddie? What's going on at the moment, dude? You know, was it possibly this that happened in your life? How are you feeling about that? Fuck no. No one, no, no, one, no one wants to do that. No teenage girl. If you put me in the room back when I was 15 years old, I would have ran out of there in two seconds. So it's <laughs> like guys do not, they do not communicate in that avenue and they do not have the skill sets to communicate in that avenue yet. Yeah, sure, when you're 13, you've practiced this and stuff like that, probably a great route to do it. But our thing is this. We get them a main vehicle, i.e. movement, to start progressing in because when you're progressing in something, it's like br- building the brick it's, it's like building the ladder over the brick wall. Brick wall's problem. Okay, I'm struggling with my mental health right here. The more you talk about it, the more you're self-aware about it, it's like butting your head against a brick wall. You smash, 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 smash until you're really hurt. You wallow in this for years. You stay there for years. You don't make any action. So if we can bring something into a teen guy's life which has elements of progression and it has projection, i.e. they can see over the brick wall, understand what lies there for them, and then they can see the action, the tangible action steps, so to, uh, so to speak, to keep going and moving forward, and then has the vehicle, the ladder, he climbs over his problem initially. That's what he does. Problems don't disappear. Our brains are amazing things. All the traumas we have in life, they're always there. But what some people do and what the majority don't is they learn a particular skill set that allows them to manage them. So it's like getting over the brick wall driving or running or you know moving so far away that when you turn around the problem that you were struggling with or the mental health thing you're struggling with is minute it's so so small so we just get the boys to naturally fall in love with something fall in love with progression that controlling that other variable or whatever problem is it becomes so easy for them because they've got something they know how to progress they've learned that skill set second way dude is we do talk about it in their own time once they've understand this fundamental 
And that is by any of the course and module stuff we do, we don't directly confront the dude on a coaching session with it. What happens is he'll actually go do this little module in his own, own time. He's, he'll have a, do a little training video he'll go through and he'll have some basic projection or like um, scaling questions in there. And what that allows him to do when he's watching a video in broad out language with basic scaling questions, guess what we get? We get answers where he answers freely because he doesn't feel pressure. He doesn't feel the tension of someone directly asking what not answers that freely, coach gets the feedback from it, and then our amazing coaches are skilled in how do we indirectly communicate about this issue without him knowing that we're directly communicating about the issue. Cool? And so, like, then they actually get to a stage where they've broken enough ice with the coach, they're progressing with it, and guess what the natural byproduct of that? They start to talk more. But they talk knowing what they need to do and having the coaches go on to be able to do it. That's our recipe, dude. But being I love it, man. Thanks for sharing that. And and I agree. I work with people that are stuck in awareness, like they're stuck in that step. I think I think it's a really useful first step because you <laughs> understand yourself. But yeah, you get stuck there, and whether it be mums staring at themselves in the mirror every day and being like, "I hate myself. I know what I should be doing, but I'm just stuck in this. I'm just trapped in this like revolving door scenario of like." Yeah, I hate my body. I know what to do, but I'm not going to do it kind of thing. And I've even um, seen therapists and psychologists myself um, and left them because I was they, they wouldn't give me action items. Um, you know, it was like, I want this to change. I don't, I don't want someone to just hear my thoughts. I mean, that's a helpful part of the process. But, um, but I was like, I want to actually go home and change this in my life. Like, that's why I'm here. Um, you know, I guess that's kind of in a way the difference between a psych psychologist and a counselor. But yeah, like if you're going to go to someone to just listen and possibly you could argue that social media has perpetuated this problem because now we've got a platform where you can just complain about something or share something. It could be a legitimate expression and then everybody just supports you to stay in that spot. Yeah. And even the idea of, of, of saying to someone you're perfect as you are it is like that's literally you know, stopping someone in their tracks because it's like, oh, I don't need to change or get better. You know, I'm accepted or good enough as I am. And it's like, do you feel good enough for you where you are? Are you happy with you? And often the loneliness, the depression, the anxiety is enough of a sign to say, I'm not happy with where I'm at. Dude, that's so good. I love how you articulated that. And because, you know, our our reality of that, the reality of the world is like someone is happy where you are. It's okay to be where you are, whatever it may be, is confidence is the is the ability to try or the willingness to try so if you're not moving forward if you're not progressing in life in a means if you're not trying to get better you are not a confident person i don't care what you say about yourself or like how how, how good you think you feel and stuff like that like you just end up brainwashing yourself to what to a point you do so it's like i 100 agree with that dude like you have to be continued to willing to be try and you have to keep leveling up if you're not moving forward dude in my opinion you move backwards if you're at a standstill you move backwards Denial finds the company of the week. That's beautiful. Who's that by? Maddie Lansdowne. <laughs> <laughs> Action shows intent. Callum Rose. <laughs> Man, this has been a great conversation, and I really love that you've come on the show because this is a totally different conversation. And obviously, lots of mothers listen, so I think this is going to reach a lot of great people. But where can everyone find you online? The Young Guns coaching uh, crew as well. Where they can find us. Mums, if you want to come jam with us and, you know, 
getting your lad absolutely rocking, turning to cops with a young gun. Um, we have we pr- we're predominantly on Facebook because we share a bunch of content, awesome videos, trainings. We've got a, we've actually got a live event that's happening tonight, um, etc. So that is Young Guns Coaching on just Facebook. Um, from there, we get a lot of direct links, but that's the best place we get to know us best and whatnot. Um, so I'm pretty sure Maddie will have a link for. The mums to check yep, out as 100%. well. Cool, cool. I'll pop, the, I'll pop that link down in the show notes below. And if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with any of your friends, family, anyone that you think needs to hear it. Um, chuck it up on social media. Give us both a tag and we will share it too. Um, and to wrap up, Cal, what is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about? Get eight hours of sleep. No, I'm joking. Um, but yes, that's super important. My, my one piece of health information, dude, is... Take responsibility because responsibility for your personal life in every aspect will always lead you to making better decisions for your health, both physically and predominantly mentally as well. So just true ownership, true responsibility. Get get it. Get to it. Oh, man, I'm so on board with that. Man, brother, brother, thanks so much for being on the show. I appreciate your time and I look forward to having you again soon. Epic, dude. Thank you so much. Have a great day. See you, man. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavor to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.